0: Do you ever watch the news, look at social media, and just observe the world around you and and wonder is there any hope? Can things get any better or are they going to continue to keep getting worse? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. and welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host Bob Bierman. I know the way I open the program sounds rather depressing. But it is a legitimate question. I was trying to think as I prepared for today's program, I have a few news stories to share, not many, uh, maybe some hope along the way as well. We need some right now. But as I look at what has occurred in the last 18 months, let alone the last 10 years, it's increasingly hard to find good news and things to be hopeful about. When I look back when I started my radio career, way back, oh, in 1972, I had high hopes for the things that I wanted to do, and, and there didn't seem to be anything to stop me from, from getting where I wanted to be. It was the world we lived in in the 1970s. The 1980s, yeah, there were some recessions and things of that nature, but there was always an optimistic view that America, the nation I live in, was, you know, the, the big city on the hill with a shining light. And I remember my neighbors to the north in Canada were a free people. I admired the Australians because they just, they were independent thinking people. And Great Britain, well, they were kind of ahead of their time in being postmodern, but still there was an optimistic view of the world overall. And that's how I felt all the way into the 1980s and when I went to work for a Christian college in Georgia in the middle 1980s and stayed with them for, oh, till I went on to seminary work and then became a church pastor for a number of years. Once again, there was optimism for the future. I watched a radio ministry grow I watched churches grow. And I felt that we lived in a wonderful time, a very blessed time to have the modern conveniences that we have. Of course, many people, they use those modern conveniences and uh, pretty well ditch their Bibles and their faith. And we're paying a, a severe price for that today. It was... 2001, and I'll be talking about this next month a little bit more when we get into September. I'll be sharing what life was like 20 years ago, and many of us will remember the days, the day of September 11th, for if you were alive and well and working like I was, it's a day you're not going to forget. Up until that point, I had such optimism and the funny thing is, even after that horrific day, and the thousands that were dead, the United States, for a very brief period of time, became unified. But then the disunity started within weeks. And over time, two things happened because of 9-11, in my opinion. Number one, our government became more nosy about everybody and what they do. And now 20 years later, the technology is just over the top in what they can acquire about any one of us on any given day. We also started, after 9-11, the most intense division I've ever seen politically. If you go back to the 1980s, there were political differences, of course. But, you know, Ronald Reagan could get along with the House Speaker, Tip O'Neill, and they could get together at the White House and be civil. They disagreed on policy, but they didn't have this abject, satanic hatred toward each other that we see today. This is over-the-top thinking. People want other people dead now. We never thought that way back in the 1980s. Didn't think that way in the 1990s, but somehow in the last 20 years, we've gotten to this literally foaming-at-the-mouth anger when it comes to things political. And so many things have been used against us. I also firmly believe, without a shadow of a doubt, and this comes out of a lot of thinking, meditating, and a lot of praying, asking God for wisdom on the direction of the Western world, the United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, and many other countries in Europe. where are we heading? What is the end game? We've talked a lot and I'm not going to really get into this at all today at very little, but I'm going to mention you know we've had the pandemic and we've seen how it has been used and abused, what bothers me is you can find all of these doctors, literally credible medical sources that have questions about the official government narrative about how we deal with the coronavirus, SARS, COVID-2, the variants, COVID-19 and vaccines. There seems to be a one size fits all agenda with the vaccines and many credible doctors have put their entire lives and reputations totally on the line. They don't have to do that. They could just get along and go along with the flow, keep their opinions to themselves and quietly do what they want to do within their own families. But they're silenced. And as I said yesterday, when you think about it, who is doing the silencing The White House, probably, in cooperation with what I call, I'm going to come out and say it. It needs to be said. I believe that the the social media of today, the YouTubes, Google, Facebook, Instagram, they're all agents of Satan. Now, you can laugh at me for saying that, but let me explain why. They have one agenda, and they claim to be a free speech forum. And so credible doctors will say, now, wait a minute. We don't need to do this. We don't need an emergency use authorization vaccine right now. We can get by without it because we have effective and workable treatments. And they have the case results to prove it. But then some non-doctor, some tech nerd at Google or Facebook, you can't say that. That's misinformation. And they put the little flag up on Facebook Vaccines have been well-tested and are safe and effective. We don't know that. Where's the 10-year study that most vaccines of this nature have? Why is the inventor of mRNA technology being silenced, being deplatformed? If you look at some of the books like George Orwell's 1984... Or look at how the communist Chinese dealt with people in the 40s and 50s and 60s. They became non-persons. And they disappeared. And that's what we're doing electronically today here in the United States. Of all places, the place that is supposed to be the freest nation on the face of the earth with a constitution and a bill of rights that is being ripped apart, decimated and destroyed right before our very eyes. Do I believe things are going to get better? The answer is very simple. No. They are not going to get any better. It will increasingly head toward this path of self-destruction. And I really believe it could come to civil war at some point in many places in the world. Vaccine mandates. Who would have, you know, last year... When they first announced the vaccine, people wondered would the government ever mandate it. Would we need to get you know people that said, you know, the day's going to come that they're going to want to know your vaccine status. They're going to if you want to go to a restaurant, it's going to be very much like like Nazi Germany. May I see your papers? I don't think I have them on me. In that case, we'd have to ask you to come along.
1: Wait, it's possible that uh, yes, here we are. Um, these papers expired 3 weeks ago. You'll have to come
0: alone. Halt! Halt! For those of us that had high hopes with the 3 Supreme Court justices appointed by by President Trump, man, have we been disappointed. I think we've been snookered. There's a case about a Indiana college student, Amy Comey-Barrett will not even hear it. They won't hear it. They won't hear anything about the elections either. Something is wrong. Something is terribly wrong in our nation where truth and justice, right and wrong, are being trashed and thrown aside like garbage. The swamp must run really deep. And the shadow government must be very powerful. And now we have legitimate doctors being thoroughly suppressed those that have had an incredible cure rate or shall we say success rate with treating covid19 where the way that um you know the love gov remember the love gov of new york how how he dealt with it what he demanded to have you remember the love gov do
1: you love me do you really love me do you love me do you
0: St. Anthony Cuomo, the pious of New York, uh, soon to be former governor, and the way he handled COVID. Of course, he was held out as the best example in the United States. We found out later how many people could have lived had he done things differently. The pandemic got used. You know it and I know it. Government lockdowns, businesses destroyed, the economy wrecked. And I still believe, and it's hard to convince me otherwise, that this pandemic is being used by globalists for what is considered a great reset, what is called the fourth industrial revolution, where you own nothing and you're happy. You'll rent your phone, you'll rent your appliances, you'll rent your car, you'll rent your housing. The idea of owning property is going to disappear in time. If the globalists have their way, they'll own it, you rent it. If you don't believe that's coming, just go to the website of the World Economic Forum. You can find video after video, uh, their manifesto, everything they want to accomplish. We need to change everything in the world. And they're going to use the virus and climate change to get their way. Just to pause for a second here, I I watched a lot of the cyber symposium held by Mike Lindell. Now, do I agree with everything? Do I understand everything they had to say? I'm sure most of us don't. But there was enough information there. i got news for you. There's enough information there to convince me that there was a concerted effort on multiple fronts to steal the election. They wanted Trump out. And I've said this before. Hillary Clinton and everybody believed in 2016 that Donald Trump was going to lose and Hillary was going to win. That's why she did such a lousy job of campaigning. You barely ever saw her, just like Biden. I bet they all agreed the fix was in. And I don't think that um, the people you're dealing with, they would have no scruples or morals about stealing an election at all. There are just too many things that are strange about the election, the, the mail-in ballots, people registering to vote from farm fields where nobody's ever lived. A lot of dead people were resurrected from the dead on election day. They mailed their ballots in, so there's a lot of funny business. And and to watch the video from Fulton County, I can tell you because we spent half our year in Georgia, there's no way, there's no way that Biden won this state. Look at Fulton County, recounting the same ballots. The video evidence is there. I think nobody ever thought they would get caught. So we have a serious problem in this country. Being silenced is the other issue, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's your political point of view. The whole thing about the coronavirus is being used to silence people. I'm going to just share just a little bit from an article here, written by... Patricia McCarthy it comes out of the the American thinker. And I'm just going to read a little bit of this. If anyone on the planet who does not know that the media and big tech have sought to control the COVID narrative from the outset, is there anybody out there that thinks that the media is controlling it? Well, there are a few that probably think that they are not. They're thinking they're getting the truth. But so much information about COVID has been totally suppressed. Valuable information on available therapeutics that have been proven to work. The worst part is Dr. Fauci, the wizard of COVID, the father of the virus himself, knew these drugs would work, but he was determined to ensure the public was deprived of that knowledge and the willing partners at Satanic CNN, Satanic MSNBC, and the hellbound mainstream media, they wanted to keep it quiet. Anybody that would post anything on Google, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you, you were shut down. It was considered worse than Pornography. And people one by one have been banned and canceled off these social media sites. And and don't think Rumble is your friend. I did a little reading on that. Yeah, they started out by getting all the folks kicked off of, of YouTube to come there. And now with all this new money that's been raised, you know, new capital from the same Silicon Valley people that funded Facebook and YouTube and everything else. Yeah, they got their money in it. And now... You watch, one by one, Rumble will be no more a safe place to go. I think we're down to Gab. Um, Maybe me, we, and a couple of others. Parlor, I've given up on. I just don't know what to think anymore. But you have doctors that have put their careers on the line. Epidemiologists, biologists, pathologists, virologists, all of them. And they've opposed some of the silliness and the changing narrative from the CDC and the WHO. And you got Mark Zuckerberg's army of, well, best way to put it, I call it the Goebbels Brigade of, of you know, censors, the ministers of truth running around. A bunch of people that are, have no medical degrees, no medical background, deciding that it goes against the narrative, so it must be fake news. I'm telling you, our country is being stolen, our lives are going to be controlled. And one by one, voices like mine will disappear off the Internet. And see, that's why everybody wants everything to move to the Internet. They want your TV to be streamed. They want everything to go to the Internet, your banking. We don't need that filthy cash. It may spread the coronavirus. You know, this is the kind of thinking that they're going to use. We have a deficit of truth, a deficit of fact, and a deficit of decency, a deficit of honesty, and a deficit of integrity plaguing our nation today. And the church has been absent without leave. How is it that Facebook, which I call fascist book, that's what they are, how can they know more than than credible doctors with lots of experience? I'm going to read off a quick list of names. Dr. Peter McAuliffe. I mean, the guy's been teaching medicine at a fine university. He's well-respected. Dr. Malone, who invented the mRNA technology and says we shouldn't be using it. The guy who since passed away that, that developed the PCR test said never use this as a diagnostic for a virus. But we're doing it anyway. Doctor after doctor, PhD after PhD, even former people from Pfizer are saying, you know, stop. Stop. You don't know the long-term ramifications of this. I'm going to tell you what I really suspect. Long before Trump, you had people like Fauci playing with things that are illegal. I really believe they were illegal. They were trying to find ways around the law. We're not supposed to be dealing with biological warfare. We're not supposed to be creating super bugs, for lack of a better word. But Dr. Fauci was. And so was uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, you know, Dr. Ralph Barrick playing with this stuff. Then the Eco Health Alliance, you know, the zoologist, not even a biologist, not even a, a virologist. Peter Dazak. All these were playing around with these very dangerous viruses and trying to develop vaccines. The work had been underway for decades. It wasn't ramped up in ten months. And I think that's the dirty secret. They knew a lot of what they were trying to do. But here's one thing we do know. If you look hard enough, you'll find it. They've never had success with a vaccine for a coronavirus. So what's going to happen if these vaccines begin to fail? And what are some of the potential side effects that nobody really understands? We're being played. There's only one narrative allowed. The voting. I believe the election was stolen. And it 's not because I back a certain candidate. there was a certain field of this. you just knew i I could tell in two thousand and eight that Obama was going to win i I knew in two thousand and twelve Mitt Romney was a fool and a failure, and he would never become president you didn't need, you didn 't need cheating there. he was such a disappointment and and so was in two thousand and eight John McCain. And then we had the Bush years, which were not all that great, that ushered in so much of this New World Order nonsense. And, I mean, they're going to want to use artificial intelligence. They're going to learn a lot about you. I, I noticed a little something the other day, way back when, a number of years ago, way back, the CIA was trying to do things to, shall we say, cultivate data. And they shut that down. This is the very same day that Facebook got launched. How about that? And if you don't think that Facebook and Google will not sell you out, I got news for you. The biggest customers for Google and all these places are actually governments. They spend lots of money. That's why these companies are worth billions upon billions of dollars with a B. We're in a changing time. The Bible predicted it. The Bible warned about it. And even if this is not the great tribulation coming... It is a really severe time of tribulation coming. We've had that over the years on this planet. The Bible predicted that too. Times of tribulation. And true Christians, not the woke Christians with their rainbow stoles running around with their rainbow vestments celebrating sin. No, we're not talking about the phony, woke, satanic churches, the true churches, the true believers in Jesus Christ. They're the ones. They're the ones that are being targeted. The days of you being able to preach the full gospel on the Internet are coming soon to a close. If you don't believe it, they're going to call it hate speech. Now, I've got more to share. I'm going to be going to a break early on this program today. But I have something else that I want to share in this segment. Someone I knew and worked with at Toccoa Falls College in radio, who's still in radio in Cornelia, Georgia, recorded a song last year you know maybe it's time for the christians to surrender under the authority of jesus christ stop trying to fix what we can't fix and do the job the great commission that this one lutheran woman pastor said i'm not doing i don't believe in the great commission anymore well then you don't believe in jesus christ and his church and his word the Bible demands us, and it comes like our schools now. They're becoming they're becoming indoctrination centers. It's child abuse to put your child in a mask in a public school. Get them out of there. The Bible says, get out from among them and do not touch the unclean thing. What does it take to get you out of this world? We are in this world, but we are not of it. Church, it's time for us to surrender under the authority of Jesus Christ. The
1: world we know is changing. There's more to that than what we play.
0: friend Kathy Conley Nicholson and her song Surrender. How much more plain can I make it to those of you that claim to be followers of Christ? The time is now to completely surrender under the will of God and not the will of the state. St. Peter says when the laws of men contradict the laws of God, you always, without fail, follow the laws of God. How much more plain can I make it? We're watching stolen elections. I am convinced, and I thank Mike Lindell for putting on his symposium. I'm sure a lot of us don't understand all the ins and outs. The cyber portion, a lot of it's going to be hard to really make people understand, but it appears that it is very likely. But all you need to look at is the state of Georgia and Fulton County, and seeing on a videotape They didn't think there were security cameras. I don't think anybody thought about that. When they pulled all those ballots out from under the table, when the building was emptied of any observers, and you see this one lady running the same batch of ballots over and over and over again. Same ballots. How many times did she run it? It looked like at least three. In all the states where the vote totals magically changed when they allegedly shut down, and suddenly, Biden goes ahead in Georgia, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, and Arizona. Sounds rather suspicious. And another, I listen to a number of these experts. Even if you believe only 10% of them, there's enough reason to believe the election was stolen. And, of course, the media is going to make him out to be a quack and an idiot and just, you know, a fool, a former drug addict and a pillow maker. I mean, they're going to they're just going to make fun of him. I think we should pray for him. And pray the truth comes out. I really believe the truth will ultimately come out. It, it, it has a tendency to. But what we'll do about it is going to be the problem. And I fear as I look at these... Justices we have on the Supreme Court Like I said, how many of us were thrilled that, that Trump got to pick Three conservative justices And they have failed us Just like the conservatives That Bush appointed Total abject failures We have very few True conservatives left And I don't understand what has compromised our Supreme Court. But the Bible says in those latter days, perilous times will come. We have to stop looking for our solutions in politicians. The Bible says, do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. And there's the problem the church has today. Many conservative Christians are trying to combine their love of their country with their quote, religion. Sometimes there needs to be a bit of a separation. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. That that goes without saying. But we don't look to the leaders on a political realm to do the things the church should be doing. Time is growing short. You know, I'm on several platforms right now on the Internet, and I guarantee you as programs like this one today keep going out and as the program grows and I become a target, one by one, whether it's iTunes or or Google or whatever, I will disappear. I'll be a non-person like the Communist Chinese did to people and the Soviet Union did to people and Nazi Germany did to people and North Korea still does to people and China still does it today to people. I will just become a non-person and I'll be harder and harder to find as many that proclaim the name of Christ and demand the truth be known. Have you surrendered unto Jesus Christ? That's my question. Are you prepared for the days ahead? And please, I beg of you, don't come back to me and say, Bob, nothing to worry about. We have the rapture, don't you know? Well, the early church didn't have that, don't you know? They didn't have the rapture to count on. They never taught it, never believed it, never shared it, never wrote it down. Some will try to argue with me, but it's not there. Christians believe they would be martyred for their faith. And that's the hill they wanted to die on. They didn't look for a get-out-of-jail-or-tribulation-free card. Listen, if you believe in the work that I'm doing, I'm trying to get on enough platforms where people then can find it on shortwave and other private sites. Would you help us with your financial support to keep it on radio? If you would, you can do it from the website or... You can also mail a check made out to Ancient Word Radio to 21 Berkshire Lane, B E R K S H I R E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's our secure box. Number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia. Sky Valley Two Words, Georgia, 30537. That's 30537. This is truth to ponder with Bob Beerman. Spiritual as milk.
2: Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. What is spirituality? Well, talk to any number of believers and you'll get any number of different answers. Most of them complicated. Spirituality for most people and most believers, it's a complicated thing. Some say it's speaking in tongues or the gifts of the spirit or exercising the faith principles or knowing theology or practicing self-denial. But, you know, I'd rather listen to an unborn child. One in particular, a Hebrew baby named Yochanan, we know as John the Baptist, It's written that when Yochanan was inside his mother's womb, he heard the voice of Miriam, Mary, the mother of Messiah. He leapt for joy inside the womb. What does he teach us about spirituality? Well, he teaches us this. Spirituality is as simple as leaping for joy. But not just that. Spirituality is as simple as leaping for joy inside your mother's womb. Now, when you're inside your mother's womb, you don't know a lot about tongues or theology, or you barely know enough to just suck your thumb. But that's the point. Yochanan could barely just suck his thumb, and yet he was able to worship. He knew enough to worship and leap for joy in the presence of God. That tells you something. Spirituality is really simple. It's the stuff of little children. It's as basic as milk, even more basic, because unborn children can't even drink milk yet. How do you become spiritual? It's real simple. It's real basic. You come back to your first love. You need him, my friend, more than milk, more than water, more than air. Don't debate it. Don't try to figure it out. Just receive his love and leap for joy. Now that's spirituality. Want more? Ask for the Song of Miriam. Now the free gift for you. The mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel, better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's real. The mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. And sapphire is your daily spiritual vitamin supply for victorious life in God. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you. Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be so blessed. Just call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's yeshua one. Or write me direct. I'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, whatever you got. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy. It's at Box 1111, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Lechem Chaim, the bread of life.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. want to welcome you back to part two of our program, Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So many of you have been sending me emails of late telling me you're listening to the radio program, heard from somebody uh, in the Abbeville, South Carolina area, hearing me on WZLA, an FM station. I'm hearing from folks also in the Delta, Utah area. Thank you for listening. And and let me know if you are. It's important as I look at the radio stations. We're on KVOH out of California, 11 o'clock Eastern time on a frequency of 9975 kilohertz. And we're also on WRMI out of Okeechobee, Florida. Basically, Monday through Friday, you hear us At 5 p.m. Eastern on a frequency of 5950 kilohertz, 6 p.m. on 9395 kilohertz. Then on Monday and Tuesday, we also have additional airings at night, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time on 5850 and 5950 kilohertz. And Wednesday we just have the two airings. Thursday and Friday we also have the additional airing at 10 p.m. on 5950 kilohertz. So just wanted to get you up to date on that. We're even heard in Zambia uh, in, in the eastern part of Africa on the Voice of Hope. And so we, we thank God for all of these opportunities. We're trying to keep our primary podcasting site, which is a Christian podcast hosting site, Podpoint, and I hope you can find us there if you like to hear the program as a podcast. We're going to do less and less as the days and weeks go forward with social media. I currently have an account for this program on Facebook, and I barely use it. Not many people really look at it, so I'm going to probably let it slowly fade away. I've already canceled Twitter for this radio program and I'm going to I think I've got a personal account out there I need to dump it too. So it's time. It's time to begin to get away from this world and do not touch the unclean thing. That's what it comes down to. The time has now come. You have so many churches worshiping the planet and giving lip service to God. You have People that declare themselves to be, they don't believe in God at all, like the George Soros of this world that try to destroy it. There's a satanic influence in this world today that you can't deny it. Satan feels like he's been unleashed because the church, which should be the salt and light, has been failing at the job. Now, corrupt governments, even our own United States government, we have the most corrupt government today we have ever seen in the history of this nation, period. I take back the Clinton administration compared to what we have now. I'd bring back Obama compared to what's going on now. We're seeing the noose tighten on those that believe in freedom, those that have faith in God, those that are the true believers, and people are being hypnotized, literally. They're being brainwashed in our schools. By the way, I'm going to say it right now. Say it. If you have a child wearing a mask and they go to a public school, get them out of there. Do whatever it takes. Churches, get on with the program and do your job or just stop calling yourself a church. I want to share something from about five years ago, a message that I preached at a church. And I think It kind of talks about the times. Where's the time gone? And what have we done? Have we redeemed the time? This message goes back to 2017. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday afternoon... After trying to get the house cleaned up a bit and getting things ready for today and and the travel, I put a radio on and just sat down for a few minutes. And a song came on the radio I hadn't heard in a really, really long time. And as I listened to this song for a few minutes, my mind was taken back to a radio studio in upstate New York where I began my on-air radio career, and this was one of the records in that first summer of playing that music. And I'm just listening to that song and going, oh my lord, that's 45 years ago. Where did the time go? And then I sat for a moment and said, you know, if I had played a 45-year-old oldie back in 1972, that would have been a song that came out in 1927 and I'm thinking where has all this time gone I look as I get ready to celebrate 20 years in ministry I spent 25 years of my career outside of ministry and God got a hold of me and pulled me toward him and one of the things that really captured my heart and my mind and my spirit to serve him Was watching what I considered this unraveling of the world around me. You know, the alarm bells are going off about the things we see in our world. But as I studied God's Word and got deeper into His Word, I learned something. Learned something very critical. The heart of mankind has never changed since we left the garden. We've always been kind of a bad people at times. I think the biggest difference today versus maybe 50 years ago is kind of simple. We we kept it kind of covered up for appearances sake. Now we just don't care as a society. Things that we did in the darkness, we now celebrate in the light. And that's primarily the big difference. Today, but the heart of man is not changed. Jesus is talking to his disciples in this gospel lesson, and, and face it, it's not a very encouraging sounding lesson to the human ear. Well, I don't come to bring peace, I, I come to bring a sword. Matter of fact, you know, my parents are going to be. At angst with their kids, mother-in-law, father-in-law, it just shows this division. And you have to look at it and understand what Jesus is really trying to tell us. He's not coming to cause a rift per se. The rift is already there, it just becomes very self-evident. What he's trying to tell us is you need to seek me first above all others. Above everything else. What is the number one thing that drives you? What is the number one thing that propels you through life? Is it what you want or what I have for you? Do you call on my name or do you call upon yourself? Do you call upon me to solve your problems or do you ask Siri? to solve your problem And this is where we are. And this is what Jesus is trying to make clear to his disciples, is that, you know, when you follow me, you're not going to be popular. Let me say that again so that really sinks in. Those that are followers of Jesus Christ will never be popular in the world. Now there are those, and I've met many of them, and I'm sure you have too, when it comes to quote things of the Lord they talk a good game but they don't really live the life it's so easy to talk churchy easiest thing in the world to do people do it all the time and I've met people in my life and I can look back at a time in my own life Many years ago, where I was a bit more cynical than I am today. Somebody, there's a crisis, and you have somebody that never goes to a church, has never submitted themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but oh yes, our thoughts and prayers go with you. And you have to ask yourself, when's the last time they ever really prayed? We say it as an expression. Yeah, I'm praying for you, but do we really pray every day? Do we really find even just a few minutes? Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane asked his disciples to watch and pray for one hour. They couldn't do it. I think many Christians today have a hard time finding five minutes a day, if that much, to spend in prayer. So I go back to where I started this sermon, looking back over these years and the things that I've witnessed in my lifetime. Everything Jesus said in other parts of the book of Matthew tied with what he's saying today is simply playing out in his time before our very eyes. I made the comment not long ago that it's an amazing thing when you look back with all this great technology that we have with all the ability to do the things that we can do we're no more peaceful as a world than we were thirty years ago fifty years ago a hundred years ago the condition of the heart is unchanged And as long as that heart is unchanged, all the technology in the world, all the food in the world, will never cure the real, true illness that encompasses us each and every day. Yeah, Jesus comes to bring the sword, to divide. But he also is coming to that point now that he's separating those that are called unto his name. As the Bible says, the day comes that he separates the sheep from the goats. There are those, and I'm going to finish on this thought. Jesus makes another interesting comment a little later on in the scriptures. When he talks about that day, when there are those that are standing in judgment, and they'll say, Lord... We did all these wonderful things in your name. We built a church. We may have started a choir. We may have done a fundraiser. Did all kinds of things in your name. And Jesus will look at them and say, I don't know you. Who are you? It's one thing, the gospel, Jesus says, You have to pick up that cross and follow me. And I think that's the part that many don't want to do. They don't want to be followers. They just want to be participants. Huge difference. If you were to take home the bullet point of today's message, it's to determine, as Jesus was saying to his disciples in this gospel lesson today, he pointed out, you're going to be not like for my namesake. If you are in a church and everybody in town likes you, I'd be a little bit concerned. Because we're not here to be loved by the world. The world, in essence, hates us. Sometimes a little angst is not necessarily a bad thing. You know... I just had this pop into my mind. I'm thinking about, we may see this day, we may not. But in the book of Revelation, there's a question asked. Who are those in the white robes, just hundreds of thousands, beneath the altar, crying out? Those that are the ones that lost their life in the great tribulation for my name's sake. I think if the truth were known, and I've said this in many a church, and I've had to challenge myself on this one, so I'm just as equally having to deal with this all the time. If somebody ran in that back door right now with a gun and said, denounce your faith in Christ, you can leave in peace, hold on to his name, die here. We've never had to do that in this nation yet. But in many parts of the world, they do. And I think that is what makes us what I call the fat and lazy church in America. We come to church when it's convenient. If it's not convenient, it's the first thing we ditch. We don't ditch our job. We don't ditch our clubs. We don't ditch anything else. But we'll ditch church. It's the easiest thing to let go. Yet it should be the most important thing that we do. We've got our priorities completely reversed. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, you got to take up that cross. You've got to follow me. Don't take from me, but follow me. He's looking for followers. For those that don't have the power to do it on their own, he gives you that power by his Holy Spirit. He's not asking you to do it. You know, salvation is a gift. You can't earn it you just accept it make him number one in your life and watch how he works out all the other details I can look at a part of my life where I spent a number of years kind of like the prodigal son in the wilderness happy in my announcing job and all the accolades that came with it yet I had been raised to know better and God got a hold of me put me in a place and then from that place called me to serve him. And it's something when I look back now, in spite of the difficulties, I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's not easy, but it is worth it. Heavenly Father, teach us to understand what it means to be followers, not just participants. Open up our minds our ears and our eyes to, to hear, see, and receive from your Holy Spirit, to understand that, that difference. And Lord, if we find ourselves coming up short, forgive us. Bring us into that place and restore us. And when you brought us to that place, receive us. Use us. Because we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Tell hey. Before our program comes to a close, let me ask you this question. Do you feel the Lord Jesus putting a call on your life? He's calling his people to repentance. and He's calling many of you to serve him in ways you have never served him before. When I look at the world today, I began the program with the question, do you ever think you have no more hope? Well, as far as the world is concerned, we don't have any hope. I think it'll only progressively, gradually, like boiling a frog, it's going to keep getting worse with each passing month, with each passing year. There'll be an endless series of crises to, to keep us occupied with solutions given to you by your government and churches being told they're not that important anymore. Has God put a call on your life to serve him? Do you even know him? Jesus loved you before you even loved him. I pray you'll yield yourself to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only hope we really have. There is no hope in politicians. There is no hope in vaccines. There is no hope in, in news channels. The hope can only be found in the precious blood of Jesus Christ that gives you life eternal. Don't put your stock in everything that this life has to offer. The pomp and circumstance and and vanity and vainness of this world are nothing in comparison to the majesty and the glory of Jesus Christ. I want you to pray for this radio program too. We do this program every day, Monday through Friday. We produce it, and and we have the weekend version. And no matter where you're hearing it, would you take the time to let me know that you're listening to this program, Truth to Ponder? When I started it almost a year ago, the Lord just said, do this program, and it's grown. I didn't think it would be around after six months or after the election or after whatever. I thought it would all be gone You know, many of us believed or many thought maybe the pandemic would end, the election would come and go, and then life goes back to normal. It is never going back to normal. That's the secret. It's all changed. Be prepared. Listen. If you believe in our work, would you consider supporting us? Our mailing address is very simple. 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's our secure box in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. And until next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth.